Nice podcast. Read between the lies. Episode 5. She says she ate who I became. Sorry, baby, I was made for this. I gotta take it to my grave. This shit'll never be the same again. I gotta find another way. I can't just let this shit here fade away. I gotta find me an escape from all this pain. Hey. Welcome back to the Between the Lies podcast where we deep dive into whatever wicked or warped subject we might find our way into at that given time. As always, I'm happy and proud to be bringing you this podcast and today we're going to be talking about a topic that can be a little hard to hear. So obviously I deal with topics all the time that are hard to hear, but this topic will mention child trafficking, it will mention human trafficking. We're going to be deep diving into Epstein Island as well as a connection to an island in the 1970s that actually mirrors the Epstein case, which is a whole nother can of worms. But I did want to say, listener, I guess, instead of viewer, discretion will be advised for this episode because we are going to be dealing in some very dark topics as well as topics that may be very triggering to some people. So I rarely do that, but I wanted to start the podcast with that. But I do want to start... A little bit about talking about current day and some of the things I've been seeing on TikTok and something that's been highly debated in conspiracy circles. I want to talk about the Sound of Freedom movie that came out, I would say about a month ago. I'm not actually sure if it's exactly a month, but about a month ago. For anyone who may not know, this movie is the true story of a child trafficking operation that is taken down by a detective. I personally have not seen the movie because... I know for 100% that if I see the movie, it's going to mess with me mentally. I already deal with a lot of dark topics on the podcast, and sometimes even that's hard to deal with. So I know the premise of the movie, and I hope that a lot of people, especially people who don't know what's going on in terms of human trafficking and child trafficking, how it goes on every day right in front of our noses, basically, and most people don't know about it. So I highly suggest... That anybody who doesn't know about these topics or wants to brush up on them or feels the courage to watch it, that it won't make them too depressed, please go see the movie. It's about spreading awareness for human and child trafficking, and we'll get into some of these subjects. You'll understand that even if 20% of the population knows about this, it takes 80 to 90 to 100% of people to really get on board to really make a difference. So we'll get into that and we'll talk about Epstein Island as well as the island from the 1970s. But on TikTok, I've been seeing a lot of people talking about that the Sound of Freedom was financed by a billionaire in Mexico who has ties to child trafficking. Now, I believe in the validity of this project. I believe that this project has good intentions, 100%. I don't go for the people who try to knock it down because even if it was financed by somebody who was involved in child trafficking, it still is a movie that brings awareness to child and human trafficking. And for that, I cannot disparage the movie at all. So I'm not really on board with that. I've been hearing a lot of that. There is a slight possibility that it's the elites practicing karma. And when I say that, maybe many people don't know what I mean. The elites in this world have a core belief that has been written about, has been talked about. They believe in karma. 
So these terrible things that are maybe happening in these elite circles or any circle, really, they try to exercise karma in the way of telling you exactly what's going on. That's a lot of when you watch The Simpsons, you'll see, oh, well, they predicted Donald Trump being president. They've predicted many, many things over the years. They've even maybe predicted 9-11. I've seen that. I mean, they've predicted maybe 100 things, if not more, over the years. So the belief is that if they're showing you what's happening right in front of your face, you are letting it happen. Therefore, they absolve themselves of responsibilities for the event. So I do think that there's a possibility that the Sound of Freedom movie could be that karmic retribution, and maybe it was put out there by the elites to let us know exactly what's happening and saying, in a roundabout way, what are you going to do to stop it? That might be a little far, but of course my conspiracy mind went there right away. But nonetheless, I do want to make it a point to let you guys know when it comes to most of the murder mystery subjects that I speak about on this podcast, I typically write all of the information. Now here, this is a subject that I have researched for a long time, whether I had a podcast to do about it or not, and I am deeply involved in the researching of this and trying actively to spread awareness for this topic. So today is going to be more of a freestyle podcast where I'm just talking, shooting straight from the hip. So you may notice that it doesn't sound as fluid as normal. I do apologize in terms of that, but I promise you guys that if you listen, you're going to learn a lot of things and we're going to learn together and spread awareness. And that's what this type of podcast is all about. So continuing. The Sound of Freedom movie, as well as many TikTok circles and people opening their eyes, have really started to bring this important information to the forefront, and I'm very happy about that because I always think about it like this. A few years before the Epstein information was divulged, a few years before the Sound of Freedom and all this stuff is kind of coming to the forefront, we're realizing this is happening all the time. If I sat somebody down and said, Yeah, human trafficking is huge, child trafficking is huge, and the elites are involved in it, and they don't want people to know about it, and they're covering for each other, and it goes to the highest of highs, and everybody knows about it, they're lying right to our faces, you would have told me that I was crazy, or somebody may have told me I was crazy and shooed me out of the room, but as we learn with the subject of aliens as well, for so long people have been talking about that these things are happening and have been basically shooed away and said, oh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Well, as you look, as time passes, most, if not all of these conspiracy theories are coming true. So I don't want to hear anybody disparaging conspiracy theories because it's just thinking outside of the box, thinking against the mainstream. Some of them may be wrong, but we're learning that most of them are true. So let's keep an open mind in hearing any conspiracy theory from today on, because that's just how I see it. And like I said about aliens, I mean, for hundreds of years, people have reported unidentified flying objects in the sky. Roswell happened 50, 60 years ago, and people have been talking about that forever. And just a few months ago, the Department of Defense signed off for one of their representatives to go on and basically admit as a whistleblower, apparently going against the Department of Defense being a whistleblower, although his statement was prepared by the Department of Defense, admitting that there's aliens. And all this is going on at the same time that the Sound of Freedom movie is going on, which I find 
the timing, it's too coincidental. And if I've learned anything through this research is that when is it too many coincidences? Because too many things line up when you do this type of research into human and child trafficking and how the elites are involved. Too many things line up, too many coincidences happen, and you get to the point where statistically some of these things just can't be coincidence anymore. So all of a sudden our own government wants to just come out and admit there are aliens, and it started with the Las Vegas sighting, which I actually touched on on my submarine slash UFO episode of the podcast, episode three. Check that out as well if you haven't heard that. I touched on in that episode. It's just jarring that out of nowhere the government just wants to basically hand you a letter that says hey we lied to you for a hundred years and aliens are here i really see it as a tactic to get people's eyes on that rather than talking about things like the sound of freedom movie rather than keep bringing up that the epstein list truly has never been released i mean we know that elites are involved in this. I have personally, myself, gone through thousands of Hillary's emails, especially the ones related to the Pizzagate conspiracy theory, which is another thing we'll touch on at some point during this episode, which was demonized as a crazy conspiracy theory. But as we're learning, some of the people who were going against that theory are actually involved in child trafficking and horrible other things as well. We'll talk about that. But in terms of Hillary Clinton's emails, as well as John Podesta's emails that link them to child trafficking, um, none of these things have ever been challenged in a court of law. I mean, it is pretty clear that there's something weird going on in terms of the Clintons and the Podestas. The Podestas have actually been implicated possibly in two crimes that I looked into, not only the John JonBenet Ramsey case, but they are 100% implicated in the Madeleine McCann case. And there are sketches that show a young Ghislaine Maxwell and Tony and John Podesta who were known to be staying about a third of a mile from where Madeleine McCann was abducted. Yet these things have never been looked into. Instead, the press ran with the McCanns did it or whatever story they wanted to go through at the time. I guess what I'm pointing out is there's real evidence against these people that they're possibly involved. And we really don't know how high it goes because it seems to go to the highest of points in terms of presidents, vice presidents, royal family. I mean, there is real evidence that this is happening and that these people are involved. And I'm just starting to wonder, are they ever going to face the music? I mean, when the Epstein Island first thing happened, List apparently did come out. I will say personally, my personal opinion, I won't believe it until I see it in a court of law because things can easily be changed. Pictures can be completely fake these days. There can be somebody who's AI who you think is real. And no, I'm not talking about AI TikTok. Don't get me started on that. But there is real evidence against these people and the true evidence to confirm that this stuff really happened and these people need to face the music is not coming out we've had a few people talk about the epstein list elon musk who recently changed twitter to x for whatever reason is beyond me but he had been talking about when he acquired twitter oh i want to release the epstein files i want to release more about that but we really haven't seen anything released at least that i've seen that points to the fact that he really wants to release that information so then you start to wonder is this just a way to, you know, keep people waiting and it's never going to happen? That way they, they're kind of waiting on it instead of doing something about it. I mean, 
we've seen supposed pictures of the Epstein list and many celebrities involved. We've seen pictures of Jeffrey Epstein with the Pope. We've seen pictures of Jeffrey Epstein with politicians. And that ties into what we'll be talking about about North Fox Island today as well. A wealthy island owner in the 1970s who basically followed the same game plan as Jeffrey Epstein. I just don't think this human and child trafficking and it going through the elites thing stops at Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein's dead. It's not happening anymore. That simply is not something that I'm willing to believe. And again, thank you guys for bearing with me because I am ranting a little bit and kind of just restyling this from the heart, but I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast in any form, whether that be conspiracy or murder mystery. You guys always reach out to me and let me know, hey, you're doing a good job. I like this. Look into this. And I'm really thankful for all that feedback and just all the support I've received by doing the podcast as well as the TikTok. So going back to North Fox Island, in the 1970s, North Fox Island, which is located in Michigan, it had been acquired in the 60s by a wealthy man named Francis Sheldon. He originally said that he was going to use the island for some type of vacation place or a timeshare type of thing, and he had told his friends that reportedly. It later would become North Fox Island was for troubled boys. Parents could send their troubled children, all boys at the time, although that differs from Epstein, but all boys at the time, you could send your troubled child to North Fox Island and they would be rehabilitated and with other like-minded kids and they could go through therapy and play therapy and stuff to really rehabilitate them. So Francis Sheldon himself would make visits to some of these parents and let them know, hey, your boy's in good hands. We have these programs for him. You know, there's a lot of parents that reach a fork in the road sometimes if their kid is poorly behaved or they they feel like they need a wake-up call and some parents send their kids to military school some kids have to go to this island in the 1970s it was something that it was believed you were rehabbing your child by bringing them there and hopefully they came back and had a different perspective on life and a different perspective for their family but this was all a sick front for child pornography child trafficking, and the tapes were being sent out all over the world. Now, not to mention that there were wealthy politicians, people in the clergy, people of high power that were flying in there for these nefarious deeds to happen. These things were taped and then sent out all over the world. So just that right there lets you know, wow, that sounds really familiar to the Epstein case. I mean, that sounds almost like the same exact thing that happened. It's weird that, you know, 40 or 50 years apart, these things just line up so perfectly. But you have to start to wonder, could have Francis Sheldon been Jeffrey Epstein before Jeffrey Epstein? And that's where some of these connections take place that are really alarming in many ways. There were also connections I found from North Fox Island. Again, this island for trouble boys, which was actually a ploy for child and human trafficking. And that actually connected to the John Bonet Ramsey case. When I was first working on the John Bonet Ramsey case, I was deep diving into it, writing the podcast, and I decided, oh, I'm going to make a TikTok as well to spread some of this information. Now, I was making TikToks about certain things in the case that didn't line up to me, and I was trying to make a bunch of videos, basically, that I had points that I had never seen anybody pointing out about the John Bonet Ramsey case and just getting the general awareness up there because, in general, it's a travesty that that was never fully solved. 
I mean, nobody ever really faced the music for that crime, um, as well as the Madeline McCann crime, and that's pretty heinous. But nonetheless, I was doing the work on this John Benet Ramsey case and this account on TikTok. It's at Find Out. She reports on Epstein as well as Ghislaine Maxwell News. Really great channel. Definitely recommend checking her out. She reached out to me and said, have you ever heard about North Fox Island? It ties into the John Benet Ramsey case. She wouldn't tell me then and there how it tied in. And of course, I'm very impatient. So I'm like, tell me what is going on. Tell me how it connects. She's like, look into it and then make a video with your findings and how it connects and just tag me in it. And I'm very grateful she did that. That's actually my most successful video on TikTok. And I am happy to get the news out there and happy to spread this information because more people should know about this type of stuff. And again, people will call it conspiracy theory. A lot of it ends up being true. So nonetheless, John Benet Ramsey's grandfather, who is John Ramsey, John Benet Ramsey's dad's dad, was the head of aeronautics in Michigan in the 1970s. He was known to have all the information about all the runways in Michigan at the time and to be very into aviation. And he was the head of aeronautics in Michigan in the 1970s, of course, at the same time that North Fox Island, this island for troubled boys, which was actually really a child trafficking ring, same as the Epstein Island case, but was going on. So simultaneously, you have the head of aeronautics being John Benet Ramsey's grandfather. Did he have knowledge of that exact runway and what was happening there? I can't say that for certain, but it certainly is another one of those coincidences that come up along the way where you say, wow, that's really weird. As I kept looking into the John Benet Ramsey case, I personally became convinced that there was some child trafficking or child ring going on with the Ramsey family and some of their friends that were known politicians and people in the higher up of society. Um, John Ramsey actually merged with his company, Access Graphics, would later merge with Lockheed Martin. So these are well-connected people. It's not like the craziest thing to think maybe they are involved in some of these child trafficking circles. And for John Benet Ramsey's grandfather to possibly have direct knowledge of North Fox Island, an island that was perpetrating these horrendous crimes, I mean, it's just one of those coincidences that feels like this is too much of a coincidence. So I reported on that. That's really weird how that lines up. Is it possible that the Ramsey family has been child trafficking for years and John Benet Ramsey's death was just a byproduct of this? I lean that way, but that doesn't mean you would lean that way. I mean, look at the evidence, look at the things I've reported on. But a lot of these things line up. At a certain point, I just go crazy with it and say, how does this all line up? It just, it can't line up all that perfectly if something more dark is not at work here. And that's just what I believe. But nonetheless, Francis Sheldon was eventually found out and fled and has basically never been seen again. Many people have said, He's in Portugal or any random country, but it's never been confirmed, and he never faced the music for the heinous crimes that he committed on that island along with many others. But how North Fox Island was actually uncovered in terms of the police finding out about it and Francis Sheldon having to flee from the law is a crazy story in itself. So back in the 1970s, obviously there were no camera phones, so there were regular cameras that would have to be sent out and developed and then sent all over the world. So at, I guess, a plant where they develop these photos, there's a conveyor belt where the pictures are brought through, developed, and then sent out where they need to go. 
one of the conveyor belts actually broke and a set of the pictures, I guess they came in a roll or whatever they came in at the time, actually by chance, maybe divine intervention, had fallen off the conveyor belt. So you have a mechanic who's working on the conveyor belt trying to fix it or find out what's going on. He happens to glance down at these pictures that had burst open and there he saw some of the horrific things that were happening at North Fox Island. Of course, he reported this to police. Then it became federal. And that's when Francis Sheldon ended up running. When he found out, he was tipped off uh, by one of the people he was sending these photographs to, who was actually luring children to the island as well. But nonetheless, divine intervention, I mean... If you believe in God, God had to be present in that moment, at least in my opinion, because what are the chances that the pictures that fall, that open up, that are accidentally seen, actually uncover this horrific child trafficking ring where boys are being led into there under the false pretense of being rehabilitated in terms of society and actually are being damaged beyond anyone's control. I mean, it's just a horrible thing. So Francis Shelton was found out. Some of the lower level people who were involved in the operation did face the music. One of them was a gym teacher um, somewhere local to Michigan. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But nonetheless, Francis Sheldon was able to flee and never face the music. So a lot of this lines up with Epstein Island because once Epstein Island was figured out, Yes, Jeffrey Epstein was brought into jail, and they say that he's dead. But, I mean, it's even been a meme for years since all this Epstein Island information came out. We don't really know if Epstein is dead. The cameras were turned off for the night. Some of the cells were opened, and different security guards, and we're talking about Epstein. I just want to remind everybody, not Francis Sheldon. When Epstein is caught, the security guards that normally worked that cell block that day were actually told, take the day off. We got new guys that are going to come in and work it for tonight. And then Epstein supposedly kills himself in a cell, but many people have said, oh no, he was killed. And many people have said he was able to flee. Did he have way too many connections to high-ranking politicians and officials? Current day, again, this is not Francis Shelton, we're talking about Epstein. Did he have too many connections and too many stories to tell? as to where big strings were pulled to get him out of jail or to kill him. I mean, either way, he 100% had dirt on these high-ranking officials and politicians, and we were robbed of the chance to find out what is actually going on at these type of islands and what actual stuff is going on right under our nose. So I feel robbed of that information. You or anybody else should feel robbed of that information. Obviously, Ghislaine Maxwell is still alive, but in terms of her trial, I've noticed that there is no real mainstream reporting anymore. I mean, when Epstein Island first came out, there were documentaries, but they were really downplaying the size of the operation that was going on there. They were downplaying the celebrities involved. And a lot of these documentaries, I don't even lend any credibility to because they were basically saying that Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein were the kingpins in this. There was no one else involved. They would mention a celebrity here and there, but... They really would try to pin it on Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell only. And that's the same in the North Fox Island case. You can't just blame Francis Sheldon. What about the high-ranking politicians who were flown in? What about the people who knew about it that didn't put a stop to it? I mean, it goes so far up. When it comes to something as heinous, as dark, and as sick as this, I'm sorry. But if you find out that somebody's involved in this type of thing, 
I'm I'm all for kill them on the spot. I know that sounds horrible, but these are horrible people doing horrible things to children and humans in general. But most importantly, children this is happening to, and they are scarring children for life. And instead of actually finding out what celebrities flew to Epstein Island, we're supposed to just sit here and know some of them apparently, but really wonder for the rest of our lives. And because Jeffrey Epstein supposedly died in that cell that night, I'm supposed to forget all this information and forget that former presidents have been to Epstein Island, high-ranking celebrities, and politicians. So how deep does this kind of stuff go? Are the celebrities and high-ranking profile, high-profile people being blackmailed at these islands? Is that the genesis of it? Is it just something that happens in elite circles that we're unaware of because you don't see it until you reach a certain level of fame, notoriety, or income? I don't really know, but these type of things need to be talked about more, and that's what Between the Lies podcast in general is all about, talking about things that need to be talked about more. Sometimes going places people don't want to go and learning information that is hard to hear. But that's what spreading this type of information about human trafficking, child trafficking, and trafficking awareness in general is all about because it's happening on a grander scale than we think and we just all need to be aware. And that's all I'm saying on that. But I just want to remind everybody, the bar does not stop with Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell. This is still happening. This is still happening every single day in our country and children from other countries are going missing. And actually, I'd like to talk about some of the policies right now and some of the things that are happening in Washington that are actually facilitating child and human trafficking and emphasis on child trafficking, but human trafficking as well. This has been proven in April of 2023, the Office of Refugee Resettlement, a spokesperson for them who actually is in charge of the comings and goings of resettling migrant children and migrant people in general, actually had to face the music and was confronted about some of these allegations. And there are 85,000 missing children since President Biden took office that have gone missing without a trace, and they have been placed in homes by our own government and placed in these homes under the guise of putting them with a good family. And it was basically admitted at this large hearing that there really is no rules as to who gets the children. Nobody's able to really follow up with the people and ensure the true safety of the children they're giving them to. So let's go over that a little bit and talk about that hearing. So first, I want to go over a lady named Robin Dunn Marcos. She's the director at the Office of Refugee Resettlement, otherwise known as the ORR. Now, this is from her own page, I even believe. So Robin Dunn Marcos serves as the director of the Office of Refugee Resettlement, or the ORR, in the Administration for Children and Families at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. In her current role, Director Marcos oversees ORR's unaccompanied child program and refugee programs. The Unaccompanied Children Program provides for the care and custody of unaccompanied children referred to ORR's care until they are released to a vetted sponsor. Remember, a vetted sponsor. Somebody who's been looked into extensively, that means a vetted sponsor. So refugee programs promote long-term self-sufficiency, integration, and well-being for refugees and other populations eligible for ORR benefits and services. So at this hearing, she was pressed about nearly 85,000 migrant children that have basically gone off the radar and whoever took them in the United States or was given them by our own government 
is unable to be reached and is unaccounted for. So what happened to these 85,000 migrant children that come across the border without a parent, which is a travesty as is, but some of these parents in these other countries that are more poor countries are willing to send their children alone through the border because they want their children to get a better life. And not for nothing, maybe they shouldn't be coming over the border, but at the end of the day, if these children are being placed into terrible homes, this is a worldly problem. This is a problem that should be addressed today. This is a problem that everybody should know about today. So a little about the hearing, Director Marcos was pressed on multiple instances about information, how many children are unaccompanied or how many children do you completely lose off the radar. And here's some of her responses that were completely jarring to me. So a representative presses her and says, what is ORR's sponsor application rejection rate? Because these sponsors of these immigrant children that are coming across the border unaccompanied, these are people who are filling out applications to let our government know and the powers that be know, hey, I'm ready to take a migrant child in. So there would have to be statistics that show how often one of those applications is rejected. You would imagine that it should be a high number because not everybody in the country is able and willing to take on a child, especially if they're actually looking at their backgrounds. There's a lot of people through their backgrounds who would be disqualified from obtaining a child who's an immigrant who came across the border unaccompanied. Her response is just completely completely baffling to me. So Director Marcos states to that question, Congressman, I'm not sure what our rejection rate is. That means that one of the people who is held responsible for putting these children in proper homes and checking up on these children to maintain the safety of these immigrant children that have come across our border, the director of that office does not know what the rejection rate is on an application for obtaining one of these immigrant children and bringing them into your home. That is completely baffling. The fact that the director of this office does not have access to that information, or I assume is lying about not having access to that information, lets you know that something's going on. It also lets you know that the approval rate is probably through the roof. They're probably approving everybody because the whole office is overwhelmed. And in my mind, that makes them accomplices to human and child trafficking as well. But some people don't see it that way. Some people say, oh, the office is overwhelmed. They only do what they can do. You cannot place migrant children in homes where you don't know if they are safe or not. I mean, that is a travesty. That is an absolute sin. And we need to be talking about this more. She was also pressed about the number of 85,000 migrant children who have gone missing or completely gone off the radar since they were rehomed by her organization. And here was her response. Now, first, when she was pressed about it, Director Marcos did not provide an answer to the representative when asked why 85,000 unaccompanied children from the border have been reported missing in the past two years. The dialogue would go as follows. The representative says, I think you're telling us that you don't disagree with the 85,000 number of children that we've lost contact with. I'm not saying you lost them. I'm saying you've lost contact with them. We don't know where these kids are. Is that fair to say? Director Marcos completely skates around this question from the representative when she says, we attempt to make a safety and well-being call. Okay, but that totally skirts around the original question of, are these 85,000 kids missing, basically, is what that question can be condensed to. 
The representative would press her further and say, when you make the call, you didn't get a response. Your letter tells me that you usually make three calls. You got no response in any of the three calls to 85,000 kids. Is that right? Another representative would warn that ORR, the Office for Refugee Resettlement, has severely weakened its safety protocols by removing vetting checkpoints such as proof of address and background checks. So you mean to tell me that for 85,000 kids that have gone missing without a trace, they were taken with sponsors, and now they cannot be answered or accounted for, there were no background checks? There were no proof of address checks? When I go to the DMV to renew my license... I have to provide them proof of address. When you apply to a job that you're really trying to get, they look into your background. You mean to tell me that an organization that is in charge of rehoming these migrant children into proper and safe and loving homes is not looking into the backgrounds or providing proof of address for the people that they're handing children to? I mean, there is something inherently wrong with that, and we need to be aware of this information because this is what's happening every single day at the border. Don't let the distractions in the media fool you. UFOs, Hunter Biden, all that. Yes, Hunter Biden is extremely corrupt, and that's a whole nother story that I'll talk about on a different podcast. But when it comes to the news, 85,000 missing migrant children, we need to be looking for these children and finding out where these children are, and we need to be building bigger databases to identify child and human traffickers. So This type of thing could never happen again, but this is continuing to happen and is even admitted here publicly. I mean, it just makes me sick. I always hearken back to the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell's trial got no mainstream real coverage. We saw pictures or sketches rather from court sketchers of Ghislaine Maxwell in the courtroom. We heard monologues. We didn't actually hear them. They were written down the things that were being said in the trial, but there was no real mainstream coverage but you mean to tell me a rapper like ynw melly who we have every reason to at least suspect that he murdered his friend we can see every single minute of his trial if we wanted to you just look it up and it's right there you can watch the entire trial meanwhile you have at least at the time the trial was happening thousands of tiktokers talking about ynw melly's trial because there is so much to talk about because they provided transcripts they provided video audio, pictures, all that. When it comes to Ghislaine Maxwell, who has ties to elites, billionaires, monarchies, presidents, politicians, you name it, she's been connected to all these people as well as Jeffrey Epstein. It's proven they were doing these nefarious, horrible things. And when it comes to her trial, we got zero, little to none media coverage. And that should tell you everything you need to know. When it comes to these child and human trafficking things that are happening, It does seem to me like our own government knows about it and kind of looks the other way. The fact that we just heard that the ORR director doesn't know what the rejection rates are on the applications to take a migrant child into your home, that tells you that the people are running these companies are extremely either overwhelmed or, in my personal opinion, they're extremely negligent. You can't have 85,000 unaccompanied children go missing and not have to face the music for that. Other than speaking in public about it, somebody needs to go to jail for this. I mean, they're facilitating human trafficking. They are becoming a middleman in human as well as child trafficking right before our eyes and admitting it to us in this presser, and we're supposed to just be okay with it. That's why this stuff can be so hard to talk about, and it really is so hard sometimes to digest and think about and realize that it's happening every single day. 
But we have to spread awareness into this type of thing because until then, these kids are going to go missing again and again and again. And if we don't stand up and figure out a solution to this, this is going to keep happening forever. And I'm all about spreading awareness. I'm all about spreading this message. I do want to make it clear that there are thousands and thousands of U.S. children that go missing every year and fall victim to human and child trafficking as well. It's just not at the border this is happening. This is an industry that is being funded sometimes by the elite and politicians and people right in front of our face, and they are even basically admitting it at times, admitting that 85,000 migrant children just disappeared. I mean, they are admitting that they are not providing the correct information or not gathering enough information to really be able to vet these people before they give children to them. So where does the bar stop? Where does it stop? Because our own government is becoming the middleman in a child trafficking organization. Let that sink in. And instead, we want to talk about UFOs and the government and stimulus bills and the economy. And I understand that all those things are important. I'm not downplaying any of those topics. All I'm saying is the fact that 85,000 migrant children have gone missing in the last two years and are completely unaccounted for that should be on the news every day. Let's figure out how to stop this from happening. Let's figure out, can we save any of these children, even if we can only save 10% of them? It's worth trying to save these children. And it's also worth trying to spread awareness about this. I go crazy coming up with all this stuff and doing all the research because it is dark. It is a subject that can haunt you. I have a five-year-old myself, and it is scary to me to think about that this is happening every single day in our country. We have to protect our children. You have to be the best father or mother that you can be. You have to always be there for your children. When you're in public or at the park, lay off your phone. Watch your child. There are a lot of weirdos in this world, child, human traffickers, or even people who are just acting solo who take kids off a park and the kid is never seen again. Let's look out for our children. Let's look out for the signs of child and human trafficking. If you see a child who's clearly abused or distressed and is with somebody who's kind of lugging them along, you know, do it within reason. But if you see something that in your gut tells you it's child or human trafficking, report it because this is happening every single day in our country. And I'm just doing my part in trying to raise awareness for it. I've been doing it on TikTok as well, and I'm happy to see that a lot of people, it's encouraging to see rather that a lot of people are interested in this type of subject. A lot of people are seeing the writing on the wall that this is happening every single day in our country, and our own government is becoming a middleman in this operation. And when you really open your eyes to that, it's maddening. You look at politicians and people in power. Are they out for just selfish gain? Or are they willing to put their neck out there to go against some of these crimes that they know are happening? Or are they facilitating some of these crimes by letting them happen? I mean, I reach a certain point in my mind where I say, if you have knowledge of this type of thing and are facilitating this or looking the other way in any type of way, you are equally as responsible as the person who's physically taking the child. We need to ask more questions. We need to band together and get this knowledge out there. We need to accept that not everybody's going to believe that some of the elites are involved in child trafficking. Some people don't even have to believe that. But the fact is, thousands and thousands of children are going missing every year that are unaccounted for, never seen again, and it's completely unacceptable. 
I appreciate you guys for bearing with me as I'm a little bit just freestyling this episode here today for you. I appreciate you guys listening and spreading the information and looking in between the lies, not to be cliche, but that's exactly what we're doing. I'm trying to spread as much awareness as I can about human and child trafficking because it's something that hits home. I mean, it's just a horrible thing that happens all the time that we can't sit here and ignore and ignore and ignore any longer. It's happening every day and we have to spread awareness. That way, if enough of us know that it's going on, we can stand up and try to make changes against it and fight together because if we're divided and against each other and at each other's throats, we're easier to conquer. We're easier to control. We need to come together and be friendly with one another and realize whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, any party, that child trafficking and human trafficking is happening. This is not a party line type of issue. We need to come together, Republicans, Democrats, everybody under the political tree needs to come together and find a solution. They owe that to every single citizen in the United States. I'm proud to be doing this work. I'm proud to be trying to share this message the best I can because it's the right thing and people need to hear about this and it's the ugly truth that more people really need to know about. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. Next episode, I will be talking about the West Memphis 3 case, which is a case in Memphis that has been highly debated for years. I will get into that when that episode comes out. I am proud to be doing this work. I am happy to be talking about these type of dark subjects because although it is haunting that these things are happening, it is my personal responsibility to let more people know that it's happening and spread awareness. Thanks as always for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. I appreciate every single word of support or feedback I get from everybody, even if it's just liking my video or saying, hey, keep it up. You're doing a great job. I appreciate every person who has reached out to me, liked my videos, commented, and said, keep doing what you're doing because I love this, I live for this, and I truly believe that it is my purpose to bring more awareness to these type of world issues that are happening every day. So thank you guys again for listening to the Between the Lies podcast. Until next time, over and out. She says she ate who I became. Sorry, baby, I was made for this. I gotta take it to my grave. This shit'll never be the same again. I gotta find another way. I can't just let this shit here fade away. I gotta find me an escape from all this pain. Hey. Laugh at irony, you used to lie to me Tell me you love me, but I know you didn't All of your shawties know all of my secrets Cause you love to tell all them bitches my business I show you a side of me you never seen in me Basically, I just be living no limits Roll up the greenery, switch up the scenery I got my team with me, we on a mission I'm sick and I'm tired of you playing the victim And blaming your issues on everyone else Hey, when you lie to my face, say you need me I know it's a lot, cause I lie to myself You're beautifully broken and stuck in the moment You were the reason I lost all my focus It's up to me now to put it in motion I can't be relying on anyone else Pull up the potion and roll up the potent You hating on it cause your bitch is quoted I've been recording till 4 in the morning And I'm just devoted to healing myself You got an issue then I'ma address it Learning my lessons and earning respect When I come through the stew and I burn up the session It's ain't for the fame She says yeah. she ate who I became Sorry baby I was made for this I gotta take it to my grave 
this shit'll never be the same again I gotta find another way I can't just let this shit here fade away I gotta find me an escape From all this pain She says she ain't who I became Sorry baby, I was made for this I gotta take it to my grave This shit'll never be the same again I gotta find another way I can't just let this shit here fade